This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 94, Post-Quarantine Life. What now? Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back to Cultivate a Good Life. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host with Skeptical Eyes. You're looking like the cat that ate the canary today. <laughs> I didn't eat anything particularly delicious today, oh, but I, I have a fun story to share. Becky's looking at me like, what do you have in mind? Um, so this is unrelated, Beck, to okay. anything we're going to talk about in the episode, okay. but it's kind of a fun little story, and it's really short. Okay. <laughs> and Becky, Becky Proudfit has no idea where I'm going with this. So right now, as we're recording, I've been um, overseeing the next round of notebooks that mm-hmm. we're going to go into production on, right? And yes. so the artwork and the design and they're the- They're really good, you guys. They're really, really they're good. They're super good. So good. Well, one of the designs you don't know about- and Another I know, one I, I, don't I, know. Know I showed them all to you, but one of them is probably going to fall through from a timeline standpoint because it needs a little bit more work Okay, and it's probably going to be in the next round, right? Okay. Which is totally fine. So I wasn't even thinking about that. And there I was yesterday and I was scrolling Instagram for five minutes because that's what I'll do. Like I'll just say, are I'm you doing a-, a notebook with my face on it? <laughs> just ask me. You guys, would you love a notebook with Becky Proudfit's face on it? Say yes. Please say yes. <laughs> <laughs> all in favor say aye. Crickets. <laughs> Whatever, you loser. I'm just kidding. I think it would sell out so fast we'd break the internet. (laughs) Okay, so there I am. I am scrolling Instagram, and I see this picture that my friend posted that's this random little piece of art that she painted. And I am telling you, Becky, it stopped me in my tracks. And I immediately, this is not even a friend that I keep up with very well. Okay. Because I follow way more people that I can keep up with, but they're my friends, right? Okay. So I see this piece of art and I'm like, I need that in a notebook. It's going to happen right now. So literally, I went over to Dina Wakeley's house. <gasps> Right before we sat down to record. So Becky doesn't know that that's where I just came from. I was running an errand before we were recording at my house. Uh uh And I picked it up and I'm going to show it to you right now. Oh, I'm looking on Get off Instagram. Get off your phone right now. I'm showing it to you in person. I think I saw it. You see it's very little. Okay, go ahead. And I am... No, I really love that. Showing it to Becky right now. Guys, it's real good. Okay, it's so different than mm-hmm. anything that we've ever done. It's a, it's going to be very good. Oh, I need this. I need this like four feet by four feet on my wall is what I really need. You should ask her. But the next best thing is it's going to be a notebook. It's really good. You guys, that's, really all. that's my story. I'm so I excited. Do you want, do you want to hear a fun story for me? Yeah. Okay. So I've been, wait, I need more validation. Isn't that so fun? How no, I'm like super how excited inspired and I like was? that there was action on inspiration immediately. And oh. now look at the world is going to have Dina Wakeley's beautiful picture, which is I amazing. Wait. I can't wait. And you know, it's really fun if you guys, now I'm not going to show it to you because that would spoil the surprise, but Correct. you can make a game out of it and you guys can go follow Dina Wakeley on, on Instagram. Instagram. There's actually another <laughs> one on here that guess. looks really, really good. I know. She's I'm going to recommend for another notebook. Uh-huh. Okay. She's showing it to me. I just showed it to her. Okay. I like it. I like it. Well, let's start with this one and see oh, how it goes. Oh, so good, you guys. And okay. you guys, the paint's so fresh on this thing that she painted that I'm smelling it. Okay, moving on. Your story, real quick. My story. Yes. So I've been feeling super low energy. Ooh. And I think... Summer. 
summer heat the yeah. heat mm-hmm. also i'm hiking less because snakes in the heat which makes me sad also like we'll dive into some of these things in the episode today of like kind of just feeling off balance a little bit mm-hmm. and i finally realized um i think i'm having like sinus issues or something oh dear so just cuz allergies get really bad and i really don't well i guess i didn't have allergies but i think maybe i've been lying to myself and i do so last night i got like this neti pot bottle that I saw um, my friend Mandy have uh-huh. to clear your nose. And I thought, oh, I'm going to give this a try. And I've done neti pots before, okay? Okay. So I, I did. I squirted this bottle up my nose. Nice. And I thought I ruptured my eardrum. <gasps> oh like my it. Clearly, oh I'm having sinus. The bottom line is clearly I'm having sinus issues. That's but awful. No. So I did this neti pot situation where I shot this water up my nose. And it, like my ears... Like, there's nowhere for it to go because I think I'm so messed up in my sinuses. That really was meant to be more of a funny story. But Taylor was <laughs> laughing at me because I felt like someone was stabbing me in the, the ear for like an hour last night. And he couldn't stop laughing because had, he had surgery earlier this year to rid himself of his sinus problems. So I think I'm headed in the same direction. I'm really sorry. Oh, it was fine. I took... This isn't funny at all. This I is took really the allergy pill... And I think, well, I think the key, the key when you have allergies is taking allergy medicine as it turns out. Okay. So we're going to start down that route. Or you can move to a place where you have no allergies for the rest of your life. But Hawaii is still under quarantine. So yeah. that's, that's a far, far away dream. That's okay. Well, I didn't have allergies here until now. <sighs> yeah, I know. I don't know what happened. Well, sometimes things change with age. There you go. I'll start just... eating some extra local honey. Uh-huh. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> look at that. We both shared a story. I didn't expect Yours is that better we were going to go mine. into like story mode, but it was we- funny though. I've just never had that happen. Yeah. It was like my face was alive. That's so crazy. It was really crazy. That's so crazy. <laughs> onward and upward. Here we go. And speaking okay. of onward and upward, this <laughs> right? is going to be a really exciting topic. And before we get to all things um, post quarantine life, which Becky has prepared a lot of thoughts, and I so can't wait to hear about it and to talk about this. We do want to share a quick word from this week's sponsor. So many of us are feeling a shift in our lives right now. We're thinking about what our new normal might look like, and we want to be intentional about how we move onward and upward. We cannot emphasize enough that this is an excellent time to enroll in our new audio course called Live the Story You Want to Tell. You'll be more clear about who you are, what you want more of in your life, what's holding you back from moving forward, how to do that with more intention than ever, and what it means to be the author of your own story. You'll be totally inspired about documenting in a way that you may never have considered before. And by the end of the course, you will have an established system of writing about your experiences and completing actual pages for a book about who you are and how you view the world so that your legacy will outlive you. Enroll today at classroom.com beckyhiggins.com so you can rid yourself of those guilty feelings for not getting your stories told and so you have more peace of mind in your relationships in your documenting and really in your whole life welcome back you guys we're excited about this episode and i have a picture 
that stares me in the face every single time we record. Yeah. And I actually have the same picture. We bought the same one. Oh, here in the office. Okay. By so, accident also together. Oh, for sure on purpose. We basically <laughs> both just loved it and we're like, I don't care if you have it. I want this. Oh. And what it is, is it's a sign and it has a quote from Abraham Lincoln. And it says, the best way to predict your future is to create it. Oh, I love that so much. I love that quote. It's another way to say, live the story you want to tell. Uh-huh. It absolutely is. No, really. Is. Like, it's the same message, but Abe's words. But good old Abe said it. Yeah. Said it in a really articulate way. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what I'm feeling. Right now, we're kind of in, I think we're in phase one of coming out of quarantine. Some places in the country are way further along than us. Some are way, way not. They're still in quarantine. Um, but and I th- we also know that we have listeners all around the globe. We've got totally. listeners in, I think, what is it, 53, 54 mm-hmm. countries. Yeah. And so we fully understand. Every place is in very, very different situations. I yeah. actually just found out this this week that I don't think Sweden has ever quarantined. Hmm. So naturally, I looked for flights to Sweden, <laughs> which are very expensive. I thought you were going to say, naturally, I looked at Zillow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? But naturally, I think I'm going to live there now. The thing that's in common is I think we're all kind of wondering, like, what the future looks like. Like, mm-hmm. what, are we ever going to be rid of this? Are we ever going to fully come out of quarantine? Like, we have moments where myself, you know, I have moments where I'm like, is anything ever going to go back to the way that it was? Like, or are we really deeply changed forever. Mm-hmm. And um my biggest fear with all of this is we've had some really amazing spirit experiences cutting everything out of our lives and I'm more afraid mm. that we are going to go back to life as we knew it and nothing will have ever changed. That That's this will an- just be a blip on the radar and we get yeah. over it and everything goes back to how it was. I it because I know you well, I believe that the thought you're having what you just said is more of a curious thought and less of a fear because we try not to have thoughts based in fear. Fear's no good. Right? No good. I mean, it's natural. Yeah. Having fear is natural. There's nothing inherently wrong about having fear. It just doesn't help. It doesn't serve us. Right. And so when you say that you're uncertain or you're concerned about like that's that future, mm-hmm. I get totally what you mean. And I also can appreciate that it's more of a curious thought, like, man, is it going to be like that? Or are we going to actually be able to retain all of these great Well, and do we want to? Learned? Because to be honest, yeah. I have a long list of things I don't want to invite back into my life. Will you tell us about it? Sure. Okay. Of course. Maybe we should talk about that this episode. <laughs> That's a great idea. I think that in times uh, in our life, it's kind of like the frog in the hot water. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of that analogy yeah. where if you put a frog in boiling water, they jump out. But if you put a frog in cold water and make it hot slowly, then they die. And I think a lot of times in our life, we are frogs in cold water that's slowly heating up. So we adhere to expectations or we do things with our kids because it's what we do in the culture that we live in. Or we just tend to like go down those default modes of what everyone else is doing or what we think we're supposed to do. And we don't ever stop to pause and think like, is this actually what I want to do? Is this actually serving me? Mm-hmm. And for me, that's been the biggest lesson is like stopping everything and realizing, man, I was doing a lot of things because I thought I should, or because I thought it, everybody does this with their kids. This is just what you do. And stopping that, um, clearing everything away has been such a cleansing and good experience. And not that I want to 
move to an island and be with my family by ourselves forever. Although sometimes that uh, sounds great. I <laughs> Not going to lie. I, ha- I think that you fantasize right? about that on the regular, which but is great. I think that we need to be super intentional as, you know, the regions of the world and things do return somewhat back to normal or start to come back to normal as things become available to us again, that we don't automatically just do what we always did because it's what we always did. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to some friends and um, I'm not going to use anyone's names, but I wanted to know like what what they've learned through this pandemic quarantine situation and if there was anything that they wanted to keep in their life or to eliminate from their life. I'm so glad that we're talking about this, Beck, and that you got outside opinions or, or thoughts because um, I think the benefit to us talking about it with each other on a personal level or in yeah. this case, a recorded podcast episode conversations between you and friends and family and communities is that it helps all of us just keep our wheels spinning and keep an open mind about what we do want that to look forward or what we want that to look like going forward, because Mm -hmm. it's not going to be the same for everybody, of course. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing different perspectives on that because I do believe that some people are thinking about it possibly too much, and getting mm-hmm. freaked out or, right. you know, or they can't wait or just feeling kind of an extreme emotion. Right. And then some people just haven't thought about it at all. They're either in denial or they just haven't put forth that right. thought. So I kind of like the idea of this happy medium place of let's just have a conversation about it and think about it with an open mind. Yeah. And the intent here, I think, is that we all are a little bit more intentional right. than maybe we would have been had we not put some thought into this. Well, and I think sometimes I, where one of my downfalls is, is sometimes I get really, um, stuck in the thought process of like letting thoughts kind of ping pong around my head. And that's kind of been the case with this is like just really letting thoughts go wild in my head, but then never actually like trying to kind of put pen to paper and figure out Mm. like what it all means. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes putting like a name to some of those feelings and just addressing them will help you find a clear path going forward. And I have a little, a little screening process that I'll give you at the end. Awesome. You can put things through. Oh, good. Okay. So first, my first comment that I got, I'm just going to read exactly what she said. I've learned that I like the simplicity of life much better. I'm not a slave to schedules. I've learned, but I've always kind of felt this way that I absolutely love having all my family home. It feels safe. I totally resonate with that. Mm-hmm. I've learned I can still get a good workout at home with no gym needed. Love totally. Mm-hmm. I've learned to spend, I've learned I spend way too much time on social media mm. and to not get into political debates with people. Mm. Also agree with that. Mm-hmm. I've learned the only way to get through a scary time like this is to completely trust in the Lord and not fear. Fear turns people into something ugly. Oh, that's true. So true. That's why we have to be really careful with our thoughts that are based in fear because mm-hmm. we can be a well-meaning person. We can actually be a really good version of herself that's kind and happy and you know all these positive things but if we are having thoughts based in fear and we take action based on those thoughts which I have totally done totally we all do yeah yeah uh it doesn't doesn't go so well it doesn't go well and fear can come from a place of love like it's not like it usually comes from a place of 
you know, of, of bad feelings or bad things, but even fear coming from love does not serve you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't serve you to well. stick with the love part, right? Like make thoughts or have thoughts or choose thoughts and make, make choices. decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Out of a place of empowerment and love. Totally. So she finishes up. She says, I want to keep my life simple. Like it was during quarantine. I want to save money like I did during quarantine. Ooh, awesome. I want to keep the spiritual high we've experienced doing church and scripture study at home, even after, especially after this Mm -hmm. is all over. Mm -hmm. I wanted to open with that one because I think that this person's thoughts probably echo a lot of what most of us are feeling. Um, One thing that I will say that I have had to really examine is I feel like I have gotten a little too comfortable being by myself when pre-quarantine no or during, during quarantine okay like there is a little piece of me that's like ah oh, now I have to like actually engage with people again at the mm. same time I fully miss engaging with people but I was looking at that like I've gotten really really comfortable with doing church at home mm-hmm. so much so that I'm like oh I wish we could do it this way forever mm-hmm. and I'm forgetting like that also to me is like def- you know is fear kind of cloaked in something else right And it has a prettier face and a lot of fears, but really at the end of the day, like I, I I might be hiding a little bit, like it feels good to hide and just hunker down. And so that's something that I've been thinking about is if I'm so comfortable with never needing anyone or anything, that probably, that probably is something I need to think a little bit more about and remember my reasons for interacting with people and look, use that as a gauge for, um, Mm. for relationships Mm -hmm. and for moving forward. Love that. Okay. My other friend said, I've learned that I love having my people together with me and that family games are super fun. So true. Have Mm -hmm. you guys played tons more family games? So we've done more, not tons more. We've done more puzzles and kind of some simple games together, but it's not like we've gone through the roof and all of a sudden now we're this total gaming family. Cause that was right. never who we were culturally before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen and noticed and acknowledged lots of families who have really ramped that up and I yeah. have full admiration of it. But of my little family of five, I am for sure the biggest of the gamers right. in terms of like enjoying the, yeah. the games <laughs> Yeah, and everyone else is just so, so about it. And so I have had to kind of retract a little bit in my enthusiasm because right. it's not everybody else's favorite thing, which not is their fine. Tea. Yeah. So what about you? You guys have been doing it more. We, we are a family game situation. We've always loved it, but to be honest, there isn't a lot of time and there certainly is not a lot of time with all of us together, usually pre-quarantine, like we're all going in different directions. And so, yes, we have ramped up our game playing. And one game in particular, the Taylor and I used to play like with couples a long time ago called Settlers of Catan mm. that now we've taught our kids and we've been playing with our kids. So that's, that's been, fun. that's been really, really fun. That's cool. Okay. She continues and she said, um, I learned that my children can actually be really darling with each other. And we're going to go, we're going to talk a little bit more about that sibling relationship, um, a little bit later, but I've learned that I really don't like the madness that is after school extracurriculars. Mm, hmm. That's a tricky Interesting. one. It is a tricky one. I've learned that I really, really, really don't like grocery shopping. <laughs> I knew that before. About yourself? Yes. Oh, no, I really don't like grocery shopping. I don't like it at all. Do you know that David grocery shops more than I do? do I think I did know that. Or, or you're not surprised by it, are you? No. You know that he and I cook together, mm-hmm. like not every single day, but like we yeah. really kind of share that ki- the whole food situation in our relationship. Yeah. But when it comes to hitting the store, 
A hundred percent. It's David most of the time. When I say hundred percent, I don't actually mean a hundred percent. What I mean yeah. to say is, yes, it's way more David than me. I don't love it. That's great. <laughs> no, I don't, I, there's one I store I really genuinely enjoy going to, but it, which is Trader Joe's. I really love going to Trader Joe's. So fun. I know. Maybe I should go today. Okay. Will you buy some things for me? Totally. <laughs> give, right? you give you your list. All right. Um, she also said she also realized she really enjoys working on school stuff. She has um, hmm. a mentally handicapped son, mm-hmm. and she's realized that she has really enjoyed um, taking a larger role in his education and being mm. his primary That's educator. That's really cool. Isn't that really interesting? I love that because we're going to see different thoughts on that. I mm-hmm. love that she's speaking to her experience of enjoying it more. You and I both know plenty of people. Many of you listening would say, um, no. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be a homeschool mom. I don't want to have that role. It's too much. It's overwhelming. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel inadequate. Like all of those feelings mm-hmm. are legitimate. Um, so I love that she loves it. That's for, really cool. For me, homeschooling was such a an interesting situation because in the beginning it was really stressful. And then I let go of a lot of stuff. Mm. I let go of needing to be on every Zoom call. I let go of a lot of the things that I was trying to like adhere to a certain program. And once I did that, I actually really quite enjoyed it. Cool. But I don't know if I could do it on my own. I'm sure I could if I wanted to. Uh, you can do anything you want on your but own. But it actually really kind of make it more made it more of an actual real option in my eyes, where I was like, oh no, I totally could do this. Mm-hmm. Like the the tools they were using through the school, they could totally be using, um, like Khan Academy and things like that. So yeah. it kind of actually opened my eyes to the possibility of like, no, I really could do that because mm-hmm. I've done it. Yeah, and it was totally fine. Yeah, you got a flavor, got a little taste, got a little taste, uh-huh. got yeah. a little taste of the freedom. Yeah. And I liked it. That's cool. I don't know if I want to continue it, but I sure liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Another one of our friends said, life is short and too precious to get hung up on worldly matters. It was a great reminder that our people and the relationships we have with them are what's most important and that we all truly need to be genuinely happy. Mm. That's a good one. I love that. Life is short. It is precious. Like we all kind of face that for a minute of like keeping our people like close and safe, right? Because really does anything else matter more? Does anything else matter more? I think that was one of the most surprising things is in the beginning when we had closed down our business and it was amazing to me that like, oh wait, no, we could work from home. Oh wait, we could homeschool. Oh wait, we don't have to have all those sports and music lessons and things in our lives to be happy. Like those really weren't the things that was making our life go round and having that kind of like stare us in the face, it kind of opens up a world of possibility. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't think we're ever going to look at the way we do business the same ever again. You mean the way that like with the, the world does business? Oh, the world. I think okay. the nine to five work day mm. was already on its way out. And I think it's been like booted to the door. I know companies like night transportation, which is a big company here in Phoenix, um, AAA, like a lot of these companies are not having their people return until like January. Like they have really, oh, really? pushed it out. Um, wow. our business, we had everyone working from home and then we reopened our office on a voluntary basis. But I, people, including my husband are utilizing more work from home opportunities, mm-hmm. which has kind of been exciting. I think it's a really big opportunity to open up like the digital nature of what work can be yeah. and how we can make money and has maybe broken us a little bit out of the box of 
how we've always done it. Totally. Right? Totally. I have a new appreciation for that just because having had a centralized office for just four years gave me a flavor and a taste of the benefits Mm -hmm. to doing that. And then when it was time for us to walk away from that and return to working from home, I think within two seconds, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is where I belong. This is, I need to be back at home again. I need Mm -hmm. to be not, and I don't mean just from a family standpoint, because I was just at the office when they were, the kids were at school. So it wasn't affecting us that way, but from a creative standpoint, from a workflow standpoint, from a, you know, did I miss the camaraderie and the physical interaction that we had and the laughter at these team meetings around the table? And yes, of course. But, um, there are also huge benefits that I experienced immediately from working at home. And I, I remember in that stage thinking, I don't think this can work for a lot of businesses. So maybe I'm super fortunate. And what's changed is in this past few months, right? I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that most businesses can look at that and, and reconsider the way some jobs can be done at home. There are issues that can come with that. Totally. Um, You know, man, a lot of issues actually, but can it be done? Yeah, it totally can be done. But what it requires is a really high level of self-reliance and trust and trust and being assertive. Mm -hmm. But like, maybe that's the lesson here. I I loved Mm -hmm. what the first person said was I learned I didn't have to go to the gym to get a good workout. Right. Like I've learned that I don't have to leave my home or, or make this perfect situation to get done the things that I want to get done. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of us, myself included, like have been waiting for, well, I can't work out if it's not, if I can't go do a seven mile hike, then really can I work out? One thing I've been doing, um, is our friend, Amy Tenney, who was on the uh, podcast a little bit ago, she has a yoga YouTube channel. And so I've been doing her yoga yeah, you on YouTube. That, huh? Like it's like 15 minute yoga sessions. I've totally been doing that or I've been utilizing other ways of, of getting exercise, but it almost feels like I'm incorporating that stuff into my life more because I'm not waiting to like save it for when I'm at the gym or when I can go do a super long hike or when the situation is perfect. And I think it's the same with work. Like we're all maybe becoming a little bit more aware of the fact that like we really can do anything from right where we're at and we don't need all these different tools to get the job done. Yeah. The, or the tools can look different and they, they have a more self-reliant flavor. First of all, because you love me up, some self-reliance. I know. Well, and we'll talk more about that. Um, but I wanted to mention that the episode with Amy Tenney is episode 74. If you haven't already listened to that one, since you brought up her mm-hmm. podcast, it's called cultivate gratitude for your body. That could be a really good jump start episode to listen to yeah. with regards to what we're talking with physical self-reliance. Um, and secondly, I just wanted to say, speaking of that, that's actually been one of my bigger struggles in quarantine is I get out and I hike nearly every day. Um, and that's with it warming up in Phoenix, that's been more challenging. Like you said, yeah. with the heat and the fear of snakes. And I did say fear cause I meant it. <laughs> right. Like it's an actual legitimate but concern. It's a healthy, it's a healthy <laughs> hesitation it's a about hesitation that. no it's a straight up fear man yeah <laughs> scared. It's, it's intense no it's just you know we we don't run into a lot of snakes but we just know that we're in their territory when we're hiking in, in you know the they're there like, like they're there they're when there. it's hot they're there so I actually have been um you know that's been one of my bigger struggles with quarantine is I have nothing against doing the home workouts in terms of I mean there are so many incredible online resources mm-hmm. apps podcasts to lead you through workouts or yoga things like that I just know how much hiking is what really sets my soul on fire. Amen. And so I have felt a little bit um, like, 
uh, in limbo mm-hmm. of like the what now. And so, yeah. which again, I'm really like gleaning from things that we're talking about because when it comes to self-reliance, I think what that means is no matter what your situation is, we brought up snakes and heat in Arizona, right? Like that's a, that's a roadblock. I think it's great to look at what is your roadblock. If the gym is closed and you can't go and you don't have a gym, that's not an option. Well, then what is the uh, term that we've learned and we've shared adjacent possible? Meaning like what's right there? What is possible? Right. What is available? And so, you know, the hiking, for example, David was telling me, um, when it comes to snakes, he was teaching me about the behavior of snakes. Oh dear. <laughs> I know. He's like, I if I ever you... need to know that much about them, I'm too close, <laughs> too close. He's like, Becky, you should think like a snake. If you think like a snake, then you'll know that actually they're not out around these times because they don't, they, they want the shade. I, they, he just has this whole like philosophy about the way they think. Yeah. My point. Mm-hmm. I do have a point. Let's get there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because you know what I'm thinking? David, you're wrong. You don't go into snake territory. That's stupidity. I know, but he likes to talk about it because he's the guy who knows a little bit about a lot of things. Yeah. And he knows snakes, apparently. Uh, enough about the snakes. My point is, is like, we really have to just reevaluate what the roadblocks are, what's really holding us back. And just instead of not thinking about it or making mm-hmm. it an excuse or turning to um, things that, you know take place of what we should be doing. We really just have to look at it. And if it helps putting pen to paper, like write it down and say, okay, well, I can't do this, but this is what I can do instead Mm -hmm. and go for that. And really like, or maybe even evaluating what an active and healthy lifestyle means in your life. Sure. Because if you're cutting out so much time to go to the gym seven days a week or whatever, and that's your thing power to you, but also like knowing that that actually is not the definition of a healthy and active lifestyle. But you have to set the definition for yourself. You have to set the definition for yourself. And that's what I guess I'm saying is like you take yourself out of that mode where you can go to the gym or for Becky and I where you can hike every day and then you're like, well, garbage. Can I be a healthy and well-balanced person without that? Of course you can. Mm -hmm. It's about figuring out what that means and maybe redefining. So for Mm -hmm. me, I've totally been still doing the 5Ks and all that stuff, but um, I like started walking with my husband. Mm Mm-hmm in neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Which isn't my favorite, but it's great. It's still, it totally works. Right. Well, and the other part of that is uh, in terms of physical self-reliance is what we're putting in our mouth. Mm -hmm. We all all know that there's movement and then there's what you're eating, what you're consuming. And really I was talking to David because we've been talking about all these things too. Um, that for me, the issue has been less about my daily movement and it has been more about the amount of ice cream specifically. (laughs) cookies, baked goods. No, I just love eating a little bit more in quarantine. I don't, I don't think I'm alone in this. Yeah. Like the amount of food that I've been eating is on the increase. It's okay to like eating. Like, Oh, I love really. I'm not apologetic. It really isn't. I mean, if your body feels (laughs) not great because you're not giving it enough nutrients, that's a problem. Right. But the eating itself is really not a problem. And I think a lot of people, like I've heard, um, people talk about like the quarantine 15, like everyone's Mm -hmm. obsessing about like, we can't go to the gym and now we're all making sourdough bread and eating sourdough bread every day, which seems to be a thing. (laughs) I haven't heard it. I have. And the only reason I say that with a little guile in my voice is because I've tried to make a starter twice and I, it's not going well. Oh no. I can't do it. That's so surprising. I know. I normally am like a master at this stuff, but no, I, it has not been successful. That's But I think maybe we need to take a little pressure off of that like take a little pressure off of like obsessing about what you eat and being able to go to the gym and maybe like re-examine 
the role that that's playing or maybe that's a crutch. Like honestly, maybe having a perfect dieting day, I hate that word, but maybe having a perfect eating day or like, maybe that's a crutch in your life. Hmm. I mean, just saying. Yeah. Well, you're definitely not talking to me. I have like, I haven't had any pressure. That's why, oh, totally. yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing as I'm talking about it. Cause I'm like, yeah, I've really enjoyed eating lately. Cause I have. I'm really hungry right period. now. Dang it. <laughs> now you're talking about it. I'm super hungry. We'll have to get some lunch. Okay. So the last comment I wanted um, to talk about from one of the pe- one of our people, um, she shared a really great perspective about kids, about her kids and their friends. And one thing she said is she's always stressed with her kids and it's really bothered her how she felt like as her kids got older and they start to create these relationships and they're not so much like the relationships you're arranging through mom playdates and more like, you know, the friends are seeking out on their own. It has been like brought to her attention a number of times that her kids are kinder to their friends than they are to their siblings. Oh, you mean... In general. In general. Unrelated to quarantine. Totally unrelated to quarantine. totally. And it's always really bothered her. And she's always said to her kids, like, dude, you you cannot be kinder to your friends than you are to your siblings. Like, your siblings are your people. Like, we're all here together in this family. These are your people. And we need to be working on these relationships, as we all probably have said to our kids a hundred times. So then comes quarantine, right? And exactly what she's been saying, like, these are your people happened right like everyone was cut off from their friends and so one of the things she was super thankful for with it is watching those relationships be forced to develop because that for us and our family and we we've talked about this a few times before finding that balance between friends and sibling relationships is a really tricky balance because kids are always going to want to be with their friends, right? Yeah. They're always going to want to bring a friend or have mm-hmm. a friend. And sure. forcing that sibling time or making, I shouldn't say forcing, that's not the best way to frame this, but making sure that your kids have time free of friends together is so vitally important. And I love what she said because she found that through quarantine. And that's something we have been thinking a ton about over the past couple of years is making sure that our kids have enough space to cultivate those sibling relationships because it doesn't just happen by cohabitating in a house. Cohabitating usually means you get frustrated with each other because you're dealing with dirty towels and people knocking into each other, you know, all those things. And it takes, um, it takes time and it takes intention to give your family the space to cultivate relationships separate from, and I'll even include this with our friends. Like it's, it's so fun to have, we love having people over, but are we doing enough of like nights at home really just with our family? Totally. And we've had so much of that and it's been, you know, I'm not going to say my kids are like super best friends and, but I have seen like those relationships become so strengthened. And so moving forward, there's going to be so much more intention in our family to make sure that we have time separate from mine and Taylor's friends, the kids, friends, family, friends, all the people Mm -hmm. to make sure that we have time alone with just our family unit so that we have the space to cultivate those relationships. I would add that in terms of sibling relationships and the space that these kids need with one another as siblings without their friends, what I would add is also without their parents. Mm. And so to illustrate what I'm talking about, because I've mentioned this, my kids do not love hiking. 
mm-hmm. during quarantine. And I respect that, right? Like we go on an occasional family hike because I make them because I'm like, you guys, this is really like, this is actually good for the whole family, but whatever, that's fine. But for the most part, I love doing it on my own or David and I go together. Yeah. So what I'll say when I'm going on my own is, okay, guys, peace out. I'll be back in an hour. Whatever you do, just do it together. Mm, And so I'm not dictating. I mean, they're all 11 through 17 are their current ages. They're all old enough. They're all self-reliant enough. They don't need to be babysat and they don't need to be told what to do. And I think sometimes for parents to just step out of the sibling relationship and let them figure out what they enjoy doing together mm-hmm. has, in my family anyway, that served me pretty well as a mom because I'm able yeah. to not be so involved in what I think that sibling relationship would look like or should look like or what I think they should be doing with their time. And that's been one of my favorite things about watching my kids is figuring out what they enjoy doing together. Is it always ideally what I think they should be doing? No. Obviously not. Obviously not. Right. But if it draws them closer together and if it's a great wholesome activity, then really does anything else matter? Well, and honestly, like one thing my kids have like, and and this person actually mentioned this too, is there's this game Minecraft where you build these worlds Mm -hmm. and whatever. And we're pretty restrictive with um, video games in our house, but like letting them all play together and do that. Like they've had so much fun doing that or playing games or swimming or making a fort things that they've totally come up with on their own that I don't know that I would have been like, Hey, why don't you tear apart the whole house and the linen closet and make a huge fort? (laughs) Right. But they did it and it was awesome. And it totally cultivates those relationships. Totally. I love that so much. Okay. So she also, um, another thing she shared and this was like, struck me so hard. She talked about before, um, before quarantine that she was always the first one to jump up to serve. Mm. And like, yes, that person had a baby, like I'll bring a dinner. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be anxiously engaged. I'm going to do all the things and, you know, really, really put effort into serving. And she shared that she, she, um, made an analogy from the new Testament about Mary and Martha. And she said that she went from being a Martha to being a Mary. You're going to explain that, right? Yeah. Those who don't know. So Mary and Martha were two sisters and Christ comes into their home for dinner. And Martha's like totally just, you know, getting the dinner ready and getting everything perfect and cleaning up and doing all these things and like being the hostess with the mostest. And Mary just simply like sat by Christ and talked to him and like got to know him and Christ essentially was saying like, cause Martha got annoyed, like, well, I'm doing all the work and she's just sitting here. And he said, really, but what's more important? Like what is actually going to bring you more, more joy in your life? And what is the greater good here? And so what she says when she goes from being a Martha to a Mary is like being present, mm-hmm. being present in, in being with your family. And she said, she realized that service doesn't have to be like this huge deal about making a huge dinner to someone who, who's had a baby and it can be so simple and it can be a text to a friend. Um, another insight she shared, which I'm not going to lie. My mother-in-law has told me a lot of times, like a lot of times, um, is that when you're always jumping up to serve, there's usually 50 people behind you who may not be comfortable to jump up right away and they need an opportunity to serve too. Mm. And so it's not always about you being the first one to volunteer. It's about really putting your service where you feel directed that your service is needed. I love that. And that was one thing she reiterated is making sure that she realizes it doesn't always have to be her. And that's one thing in my life that has circulated again and again is like, if I don't do this, nobody will. 
or nobody can do it as well as I right. can do it. Or, and that's just not true. Yeah. Like it's, it's totally just false. not true. And yeah. I loved her perspective on service because I think you can serve, get to a place with service where you serve at the detriment to your family or yourself and you can't overdo it. And that's not what service is intended for. Service is intended as we all take care of each other, not you taking care of the world like Superwoman, right? Mm-hmm. And so she wants to be more intentional um, with being with being really mindful of what she's feeling directed to do and not always just put herself out there and do the thing all the time. Yeah. Which is a lesson I think we all, all, all can Absolutely. Use. Okay, so... Um, so moving forward, right? Like we're all in this situation where we kind of have a blank slate. So one thing I just want to remind you, you actually don't have to add anything back into your life that you don't feel serves you, whether that's school, whether that's sports, whether that, whatever that is, you don't have to move forward with anything because you're the boss. You're the boss of yourself and, um, and, and your family, you're the boss of your family. That's right. I said it. <laughs> no, but really like you, um, you can really cultivate what you want and what better time, like mm-hmm. what better time now when we don't have any of these things kind of holding us back, like mm-hmm. we really get to choose. And I so a, can I share a quick yeah, analogy? Go for with it. That? Just a visual. I think of, um, you know, there's a lot of professional closet organizers who would say in order to really truly organize your closet, we have to take everything out. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of us have decluttered or organized a closet, but it had nothing to do with removing everything. I would say most of us would put our hand high in the air, right? Like Mm -hmm. hopefully we've all taken a stab at organizing our closet at some point. But the theory behind taking everything out of the closet and throwing it on the bed is that when you look at each piece of clothing or each pair of shoes or each accessory, you really like look at that and go, is that something I would buy right now? Is that something that I would purchase and put in my closet and actually choose to wear right now? Forget how I thought about it six months ago, two years right. ago, 15 years forget ago. Forget how much money you spent on it or the reasons you bought it to begin with. Or if it was a gift. Right. Right. Like forget about everything right now. Is it the thing that you would intentionally want to put in your closet? And that visual helps me with what you're talking about as we kind of hit the reset button and mm-hmm. moving forward, because I want to think more intentionally about um, in my life and in my family's life and in our schedule and so forth, is that something that I would choose from scratch or am I just defaulting back to that mode that we were just used to three months ago? Right. And so you may have a lot of crap in your closet that you don't actually like. You've just been holding on to because because you're holding on to it because or why? Because right? fill in the blank, like mm-hmm. just because. Sure. So there's a few areas that I kind of highlighted that I think would be. Um, would be good to think about what you actually want out of it. Um, the first one is your marriage or like your partnership, romantic relationship. Um, one thing that Taylor and I have realized, in fact, last night, um, we drove our daughter to soccer together, which is really unusual because we are the masters of dividing and conquering because it like takes all it's efficient. (laughs) Yeah. But we have realized in our marriage that we have been dividing and conquering way too much because it actually has like, we've been dividing too much. I was going to say, do you feel divided? We feel, no, but really though, we felt, we were <laughs> right. like, okay, wait, we're doing too much separate mm. and it is highly efficient and all the things are good things. And everything's getting done. And everything's getting done and all the people are happy and everyone's successful. However, that has taken a toll on our relationship of like, okay, we actually have not been together this much in a really long time and that doesn't feel right for our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so one thing with our marriage we're working on is less divide and conquer and more team conquering. Very so cool. like we will go and drive Lucy last night to soccer practice and we sat there for an hour 
together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want you to think about in your marriage, um, if you're anything like us, having if you've had more time with your spouse, you probably it's probably highlighted some sticky areas or some areas of transition or in improvement, whatever. You've probably gained some good insight about your marriage. So what is it you want for that relationship moving forward? Mm. Um, friendships, um, not only with myself, um, but also with the kids. Like what role do we want friendship to play in our life? And just looking over your friendships and evaluating like, what, what they bring to you, what you bring to the friendship, like why you're in that relationship. Cause it might be time to like distance yourself a little bit. I think oftentimes, especially as women, that connection piece is really important for me and for most women. And sometimes we have that at the detriment of our family or we, because we're apart from our spouse a lot, we may even start like replacing friendships into things that really should be, um, should be a better relationship with your spouse. And so just kind of framing those friendships, really uh, looking at the balance um, and asking yourself the question, like, are your friendships better than your friendships with your siblings? Are, is your, are your friendships better than your relationship with your spouse? And just see what see where that takes you. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one is family time. Like, obviously, we're not going to have all this family time forever. Life will resume. People, you know, I don't think we're meant to sit at home and play Monopoly or Settlers of Catan for the rest of our lives. That doesn't feel, that doesn't feel like the most productive thing we can do. However, reframing what family time you really want to hold on to and hold sacred and make sure that that has a place, like has a definite place before you start adding in activities and all the things that will probably be coming back. Um, the next thing is work. Establishing what work means in your life and your family and asking yourself, is that serving you or is there a better way? Um, there is actually a great quote from Richie Norton. He says, if we're sitting around waiting for our circumstances to change so that we can finally live life the way we really want to live, chances are very good that we will say, stay stuck waiting forever. Mm-hmm. Truth, mm-hmm. like truth. Mm-hmm. This is such an opportunity to move forward and to be building and putting the things in your life that actually bring you the joy so the question I have is, what do you want your life to feel like? What do you want your relationships to feel like? What do you want your home life to feel like? And then anytime that you think about adding something back in, ask yourself, number one, is this something I have chosen or would choose right now? Or is it something that I fell into? So just like what Becky was saying, would I buy this item right now for this time in my life? Because things serve a purpose, and it doesn't mean you made a wrong choice. It just means that now you're in a different place, and so different things serve you. Right. Reevaluating over and over mm-hmm. again is part of what life is about. I have another quote to add to what you said. It's by T.D. Jakes, who said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. That is a great quote. That is so true. If, you've always do, if you always do what you've always done, you're going to be in the same place. Mm-hmm. And that might be totally what you want, and that's great. But mm-hmm. make sure that you're choosing it. Absolutely. And so the second question to filter anything you're adding back into your life is, does this help me cultivate the feeling I want my life to have? Mm-hmm. Because that, my friends, that is going to guide you to add in the things that are meaningful for you, that actually serve you. It's going to bust you out of that default mode we were talking about. And it's going to help you to actually be curating and cultivating the life of your dreams. Now, can you remember the 
way you worded that question. Can you say it again? Does this, does this help me to cultivate the feeling I want my life to have? Okay. And I wanted you to repeat it because I'm writing it down. I've been taking notes during this episode. We'll circle back to that at the end. Um, but that's a question that I almost think that we may want to put on a post-it note and sticky on our mirror. Like you almost want to have that, those words visually in Mm -hmm. your face every day to have that going through your mind again and again, as life goes back to normal or becomes, you know, once again, what it was in some ways to ask yourself, do, does this help me to cultivate the feeling that I'm trying to have? Like, I think that that's important. And in all the areas of life, like you're talking about with, with marriage, with family, with work, yeah, with, with service, with all these things. And what a unique situation that we have a global reset. Like mm-hmm. there is never a better time to make a change if totally. that is is something you need to do. Where I have seen so many course corrections we've needed to take um, that I was totally blind to until everything came to a screeching halt. So take this time for what it is, which is a blessed, glorious reset and use it. We're all in this similar situation. There's never an easier and less scary time to reset than there is right now. Agree. That's so good. That's it. That's it. That's so good. So I did something different. What? Usually when we record, I am not note taking. I've Mm -hmm. done this like once or twice, but I really wanted to write some things down while we were talking because I didn't know what you had prepared. Yeah. And I don't think that I've been as intentional yet. I knew I would, Mm -hmm. but I used this conversation as kind of the, my starting point of going, okay, if really moving forward. What is it that I'm wanting? And I, and I want to share with you just my few favorite. Yeah, I love it. I might as well bring it. it. Some might have been related to what you said and some may not have Mm -hmm. been right. It might've just been what you felt stirred in your heart, which is what we're always encouraging you guys to think through. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'll just share a few of mine. First of all, I wrote that down the question that you just asked and I'm going to put it on a post-it and I'm going to stick it on my bathroom mirror so that every day when I'm brushing my teeth, it's a good idea. you I'm know, like, the habit loop, I might and, do the same. Yeah. Yes, totally. Everyone do this. You know, the habit loop, if you're not familiar with it, um, and this, the principle is that there's always a trigger that then leads to the habit and it's good or bad. So mm-hmm. my trigger will be when I'm brushing my teeth, right? Just because yeah. it's something I do a couple times right. a day. So when I'm brushing my teeth and I'm standing there in my bathroom, instead of just wandering off into space, I'm just going to look at that question and I'm going to ask myself, does this because the this will be the fill in the blank. Right. I can be thinking about work or my kids or our activities, the schedule or whatever. Whatever it is. Does yeah. this help me to cultivate the feeling I want? I love that back. I love that so much. Um, another takeaway is um, that I am feeling is that we talked about, you talked about cohabitating and how different that is than strengthening relationships. And I feel like our family, while we had some good strengthening bonding experiences, there was a lot of cohabitating during quarantine. Mm-hmm. And I say that past tense, but we're still, it's summer now, right? right. Like we're still kind of, it's just the summer that will never end. <laughs> it's kind of the summer that will never end. And I'm so grateful because, yeah. you know, it's time well, and to be honest, we need to start wrapping our heads around the summer might not end. Like we might be looking yeah. at a very different school year. Yeah, we could be. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But I do want to think about this. And I actually want to have this as an intentional conversation with my family. Mm-hmm. I want the next time that we have family, like where we're intentionally having a conversation together, and right. not just accidental. I want to ask everybody what they think the difference is between cohabitating and strengthening our relationships and let them do all the talking. I'm just noodling on that. Yeah. Um, and then not being a slave to schedules, the friend that chimed in with that input, I thought that was a really good way to put that because schedules 
are known to take over our lives in so many different ways. And I want to be really um, careful that I'm not beholden to any schedule. And they're a buffer. Totally. Scheduling is such a buffer. Totally. Well, and so part of the scheduling, I know that as I'm speaking of it, and as we talked about it for a lot of the cases, it kind of is like family scheduling. But what I'm thinking about is my own internal work mm-hmm. scheduling. Yeah. Because I can, I have the tendency to take on a lot myself because I get really excited and ambitious about yeah, good ideas. ideas and, yeah. Right. And there's so much I want to do and I love to serve our community, but I also need to keep that in check. So I don't want to be a slave to the schedule that I put on myself. It's not from anyone else. Right. That self-inflicted. Totally self-inflicted. Productivity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have a history of that. So that is for me a place that I know I would easily default and go back to. And yeah. so I want to be extra Maybe make a second that. post-it. Ooh, uh, what's the second post to say? Don't be a slave to schedules. Oh, okay. I like it. Dang. You can have all so the post-it much goodness. notes. So much goodness. I'm with you right there. I'm a chronic, chronic over-schedule overachiever. Yeah. And that's okay, right? Well, it's part of who I am and I have to keep it in check and channel mm-hmm. it through a, a, a place of light and goodness or yes. it's not going to bring me what the feeling I want in my life. Well, and we were talking about this off the microphones before we recorded is how much that's helped you and me. But we were talking about with your situation, how you really come back again and again and again to your why. Mm -hmm. And this is something we talk a lot about in the beginning of the audio course. We want everyone to really get in touch with their why in life, not just in documenting, but really in terms of living the story you want to tell and being intentional about how you move forward. When you understand and you peel back those layers and you get clear about why you want to even show up as yourself in life. Or what you want. Or what you... Let's start there. Yes. I think so many people wander around and they're like grasping at straws of good things, Mm -hmm. trying to have this deep fulfillment. But that problem is, is they don't actually know what they're trying to get. They don't know what they want. Totally. But we love to help you try to figure it out. Oh, totally. So. You can. You totally can oh, figure yeah. it out. Yeah. And then every decision you make will support that. And guess what? When you do that, you might not have a tendency to overschedule because you're deeply fulfilled. Absolutely. You're not grasping at straws. And if you like the sound of that and you're like, I do want that. I just don't understand how to get there. I just, again. We got you. We got you. That is what the audio course helps you with. Okay. The last thing that I'll share, again, that wasn't planned ahead at all, but as we were talking, a phrase he keeps coming back to my mind over and over. It's something I've shared about on Instagram. And I think that's probably why it's surfacing again in my head, but it relates so much to this whole moving forward, onward and upward. And it is, I don't know. And it's okay. Ooh, I love sometimes that. like right now, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. We really don't know. Like you said, the school year. We don't know come August, September. We don't know if our kids are going to be back in school. We don't know what business might look like. We don't know what family relationships might look like. We don't know what the world's going to look like. The economy's going to look like. We know none of it. Right. And people can talk all day long if you want to really like wrap yourself. (laughs) If you really want to tie yourself in knots and not sleep for days, turn on the news. Turn on the news. Turn on the (laughs) conspiracy theories. Totally. And get sucked into that or read a whole bunch of political Facebook posts or whatever you want to spend your time doing, which I choose to opt out of pretty much most of that. All of it. Yes. because okay. I really, I really am okay not knowing. And this is something that, um, really surfaced for me last year when I sat in my own fresh water, as we like to call it, and took a break and took a step back that wasn't pandemic enforced. It was my own, you know, yeah. situation. And one of the things that I felt in that space 
in that fresh water that I was sitting in is I'm not sure where I'm going from here. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know my direction exactly in terms of the work or what this looks like with work family balance and so on and so forth. And that kind of feels awesome. Yeah. Like I really, it's humbling, but in a really purifying way of, I don't want to know all the answers. It's okay. And kind of awesome to not know because it allows you to be open and it allows you to feel a little bit more free and just realizing that come what may it's all right. It's it all is. Good. It is going to be okay. And I love what you said about that because being off balance sometimes is just the greatest place to start is becoming comfortable. Because here's the thing. When you say like, I don't know all the answers, FYI, you never know all the answers. No one ever knows all the Seriously. answers. And if you're tricking yourself thinking you do, you don't. Right. So getting comfortable with being off balance and recognizing it as a way to align is just such a better place to be coming from Mm -hmm. because off balance is kind of the nature of existence Mm -hmm. and especially in times like these. Oh yeah. The great thing is though, we are all off balance together. And so we get to come together on a podcast (laughs) and talk about these global topics that are happening in a way because we're all off balance Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the coolest thing ever. And it's really going to be just fine. It is. Yeah. I love this conversation. I love thinking about this. I love knowing that we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's all okay. Um, and we hope that you guys are feeling that much more intentional about the go forward. And friends, we thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel, and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on, and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Well, now we're right back in the same situation. <laughs> this is the second time we've recorded this because the first time we stared at each other. We're just usually, going. Like somebody usually has something to say. I like, have something to say. I just was. You need a lead in? <laughs> apparently. Okay. We're going to try, try this again.